Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! 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 Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. We are live here on our Facebook page. It is Tuesday, November 19th, 2019. We are proud to be with you, and we have tons to talk about this week, including Big 12 Bummer. Baltimore's best and NFL's baffling balance. But first, our show is brought to you by Alicia's Pillows and Things on NGSC Sports. If you're decorating your home, you want it to reflect your taste and like, so why not add decor that reflects your sports, movie, and TV fandom? Alicia's Pillows and Things is your hookup. So why not you head over to NGSCSports.com, find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage, and place your order let them know that huddle up say make sure you're following us on social media on twitter and on facebook huddle up podcast you're already there for the live video maybe so uh just make sure you give that a like follow me at big gym sports and follow our co-host dave at huddle up dave both of those are on twitter and speaking of our co-host dave let's get him in here with us dave how you doing this week buddy Jim, we're doing pretty well. Uh, more college football fun and success this past weekend, but uh, another wonderful football uh, week of football ahead of us here. Yeah, and um, we're getting unfortunately closer to the uh, to the end of the season as we're uh, now into middle November. But uh, plenty of football left. Plenty of things that are going to shake things up, and uh, you know, not a lot of not a lot of head to head action in the top twenty five. So we'll. Uh, address that in the pickums here in just a couple of minutes but obviously the the biggest story I think um, in the college football world Dave of course is the injury uh, to Tua at Alabama um, the, the hip injury he is out for the year um, the surgery yesterday successful they expect him to make a full recovery return hope um, possibly return to, you know to Alabama Next year, he'll be back rehabbing very soon. Um, obviously, when, when we saw the injury and, and the the way that the injury happened and the the early reports of the injury, it, it, it seemed very scary, Bo Jackson-like. Um, and and when, when that name and that type of injury comes up in football circles, um, a, a, a very scary situation, but it sounds like he has uh, at least avoided the worst-case scenario um, and is on the road to recovery, so um, we, we obviously are, are are happy to hear that. But but now the the, the real question that that I think comes into play, Dave, is um, the impact on on Alabama and and their remainder of this season. Um, you know, you have the Auburn game lo- looming, and you know that th- that one's going to be critical. They they're going to hope that LSU slips up, which I don't see happening before the title game. But, you know, can can Alabama, at least in terms of a playoff spot 
in the in the final four that would get them into the college football playoff. Can Alabama survive this this year? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, being fifth, Alabama still has a, a really good pass. Um, but being realistic, Alabama's pass is uh, pretty much blocked if Georgia beats LSU, which I think is a possibility. Um, but if Georgia loses the SEC title game, I think Alabama does have a pass. Um, I don't know how bright it is, but uh, Alabama does have a pass should uh, Georgia go down the SEC title game or before, um, in my opinion. I think uh, if Georgia beats LSU, assuming that LSU doesn't lose the next two games, um, if Georgia beats LSU, uh, Alabama's essentially done. There's no way they're putting three SEC teams in. Yeah, and, and you know, we were we were talking a little bit um, before we came on air, and, and we'll kind of incorporate some more thoughts on, on this Alabama uh, situation and and the, and the Big Twelve as well because Oklahoma um, coming from behind and, and surviving um, the the game uh, at Baylor and if you want to call in and, and, and discuss any of these um, uh, topics with us you can do that the number is four zero one three four seven zero six one three you have to enter the pin two nine three one two. Uh, and those uh, that that number and, and the pin are in our social media posts as well. Um, but the you know Oklahoma survives, and you know I, I think at least to me, Dave, and I don't know how you feel about it, but to me, uh, that game at Baylor pretty much should, barring real real chaos, probably cements Big Twelve missing the college football playoff this year. Do you agree? I think the only chance that you have of the Big 12 getting in um, is is uh, Auburn beating Alabama. And then you have uh, LSU winning, winning out. And then Oklahoma has to look absolutely dominant uh, and jump the Pac-12. Uh, I think the only benefit that Oklahoma has is they would beat Baylor a second time more than likely. Um, on a neutral site, which you would think that Oklahoma is going to absolutely pummel them since they survived the test in Baylor. Um, but that would be the only path that Oklahoma realistically has. Man, and I and like I just have a hard time finding that, you know, as a realistic path if Oregon and Utah win out until the, the Pac-12 title game. Because um, just to, to remind people of the, the college football rankings, we'll go one through ten. Uh, you can see uh, the the full top twenty five um, on our social media pages. But LSU one, Ohio State two, Clemson and Georgia round out the top four. Then you have Alabama and Oregon um, are the immediate uh, outsiders, um, followed by Utah seven, Penn State, Oklahoma at nine, Minnesota at ten. Um, and and we'll we'll talk a little bit about you know some thoughts on 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 those. But but seeing Oklahoma at nine below Penn State, who will be out of it come Saturday, um, and then Oregon and Utah, like that tells me that a a Pac twelve victor will will be above Oklahoma if they win out. Now, obviously, if you know one of those two Pac twelve teams would lose between now and the title game, and the other one. Beat you know beats that team then 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 maybe Oklahoma has a chance if they if they look strong enough in their title game, but but it, it, at least it says to me sitting here right now because we we are only a couple of weeks out. There's only um, you know like two weeks of the regular season conference title weekend. We're we're starting to get the picture. It, it's starting to clear up now. Obviously, there's there's a few weeks of play yet, but. You know, there's there's things I think that we can begin to understand about what the committee's doing and how they're how the teams are shaping up. Yeah, I I mean I I agree to some sense, and I think the one thing that caught me with some of the commentary on the the uh, committee show today was that they they said that Penn State's ahead of Minnesota because of a common opponent, not the head-to-head win. Um, so that's an interesting piece to me, the common opponent being uh, Iowa at this point, that Penn State beat Minnesota didn't. So the thing to take that into consideration is what happens if it comes down to Alabama-Oregon. Um, Alabama would have the heads-up win against 
Auburn and Oregon would have the loss. So does that head-to-head hold true there too? Um, I don't know the answer, obviously, but uh, I I think a lot of what's going to happen with Alabama is how does Mac Jones look? If he looks competent, I I don't know if this Alabama team isn't going to get a lot of lot of uh, love and like here. But I also don't know that the the Pac-12 isn't going to be able to hop them. Uh, back to the original question, though, I think that a lot of what what Oklahoma's fate is is sealed on, um, assuming that they route Baylor, is what does this Pac-12 title game look like? If it's 10 to seven, the Pac-12 is in trouble. I think even if you have an offensive uh, driven game, you have some life in the Pac-12, even if it's close. But uh, 10 seven, you're going to have that Pac-12 stigmatism that no one wants to watch this type of thing. So I think the the manner in which that game is played is huge. Yeah, you know, I I, I think that's a valid point. Um, and but in 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 the same time, you know, I uh, I think Oklahoma Oklahoma can't do against Baylor again what they did this past weekend. If Oklahoma wants to stand a chance, that I think they're going to have to look dominant um, over the remaining couple of games, and then. Um, re- really look dominant in- against Baylor the second time around. If it's you know a come from behind victory or, or anything like that, um, it's just it-, it. It I think you're you're going to find trouble uh, if you're Oklahoma. Um, a-, a couple of comments from the uh, you know from from the Facebook page, um, and and I know Jason had commented this to me as well. Um, on Twitter, he had said that that Minnesota only dropping two seems small, and and in a way, I guess it kind of does. But if you if you look at it, they were a, um, I think it closed at three. I had seen it as much as four and a half or five um, point road underdog. We talked about that last week on on the show here. That Minnesota was was a three point underdog at close. They lost by four. It was on the road in a place where Iowa generally plays pretty well. Now I'm not I'm not saying that, that Minnesota has a chance or should have a chance and unless true, true chaos would reign and they find a way to win the Big Ten. And I, I don't think they are. But I, I think they, they look at the fact that, you know, Penn State was fourth in the uh in the first college football playoff ranking and, and Minnesota beat them, uh, albeit close, and, and then were you know only um, didn't catch the spread by one point on the road. So um, I, I'm not, Jim, I'm not... The, other, the other thing about that uh, Iowa-Minnesota game is if you look at the box score, the actual score is very misleading. Iowa was outgained by about 150 yards by Minnesota and somehow won that game. So um, if the committee is doing that type of digging, that's something that they would see. Again, you still need to win the game. Sure. But, um, some losses look better than others. Yeah, and 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 I think we've we've learned that somewhat about the committee over the last couple of years, and you know, e- each week, each year is kind of a, a a new thing to figure out. And and again, when we when you you mentioned about Penn State being above Minnesota because of common opponent um, versus head to head, that's kind of a new thing this year. So we're 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 learning a little bit more about each committee each year, each week. It seems, but. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a good point too. If if you look at more than just the box score, more than just the final score in the game, um, you know, you're, you're going to see things. And and when people say there's no such thing as a good loss, when you're talking about college football and rankings and especially the college football playoff, that that there can be good losses. And, 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 you know, it, it was, it was something that after the Notre Dame, Georgia game earlier this year, people were already setting, you know the table for for a Notre Dame team with one loss um, to to potentially find their way into the playoff. Obviously, they they undid themselves in the middle of October, but you know what I mean. There can be a such thing as a as a good loss, so to speak. So um, it, it's yeah. Just... Well, Jim, uh, good teams win, but great teams cover. So I mean, it's always <laughs> a great loss. It's always a great loss if you cover while losing. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, you know, for for me, you know, the, the 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 top three are perfect. The top four are perfect. I think even even the top six right now are are correct at least for this week. And because and they said it, I know on the on the the show on ESPN earlier that you can't um, you know you can't really penalize Alabama because of a a, a injured player. Obviously, the loss of Tua um, is is potentially uh, you know going to rock that that team to the core but in the same time 
You know, it's it's a football factory, and Nick Saban is a hell of a coach, and he's a hell of a recruiter, and I, I don't doubt that they'll come out ready to play. You know, I, I, I don't have um, – I mean, they play Western Carolina this week, so I don't think we're going to learn a whole lot about what Alabama without Tua is this week. Um, we could, but uh, we, we probably will not. We will we will find out next week um, in, in a big matchup. So, um, you know the, the the top six are fine with me. The top hell, the top ten are probably fine with me. I, I I don't I don't really have a problem with Penn State at number eight because Ohio State's going to take care of that this weekend. Um, and let's let's transition to that game, Dave, and let's get into our our pickums. We're going to have to do something a little bit different this week because there's only one matchup featuring uh, two top 25 teams uh, playing each other. So we're going to do a little bit more in-depth, our normal feel to the to this game, and then we're going to go rapid fire on the rest of the top 25. But, uh, of course, the big one in college football this weekend is number 8 Penn State. They are 9-1 and one at number 2 Ohio State at 10-0. and 0. Ohio State is an 18-point favorite in this one, the over-under 56.5. That one is at noon on Fox. Um you know, I, I, I've obviously, I, I am a person who enjoys giving, giving crap to Penn State and Penn State fans, and, um, you know, I, I thought all year that they had multiple potential losses on this schedule. Um, I thought Michigan was one. I thought Pittsburgh was one, and Penn State almost found ways to lose both of those games. Um, and you know, then they finally did lose to Minnesota. I, I don't. I don't think this one is going to be close at all. I still think that that Penn State is grossly overestimated, um, especially in the Keystone State. Um, so I am going to take Ohio State with the points. I'm going to take the over. I think Ohio State's just going to roll over the 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 Nittany Lions this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I, I struggle to remember a time that a spread was this big for a, a one or a two versus eight matchup. Like this is a massive number. Um, I am already very heavily invested. Um, probably my, my biggest bet of the college football season so far on uh, Ohio state minus 13 and minus 14. Um, got them in the last, two weeks ago uh, ahead of the, the numbers, but uh, Ohio state should be able to throw the ball at will here on this Penn state team in the secondary um, Penn State's got a pretty good and pretty solid front seven, but the, the secondary is very weak and uh, should be able to be exploited. Um, however, I, I have this strange feeling that this game lands on 17 just because it seems like everyone's betting Ohio State this weekend. <laughs> um, so I, I have this strange feeling that 18, 18 for Penn State gets there somehow. I will probably um, be buying some back on Penn State in all honesty just because I have more money on Ohio State than I wanted, but I'm in a really good position given um, where the the current number is, which I knew it was going to move in that direction. So um, good spot to be in. But uh, I agree with you. The over is uh, definitely a play along with uh, uh, probably Ohio State, but because it makes no sense, I'm taking Penn State with the cover. <laughs> uh, Ohio State names it, though. Oh, yeah. And, and obviously, you know, I, I think no matter what, where the the – if it's 18 plus or, or just under, um, the key to Penn state, you know, is, is, I guess going to be try try and match Ohio state shot for shot and hope you can get, get a defensive break somewhere. Um, so the over is definitely the smart play. All right. There's, I think 11, 11 or 12 games here, Dave, we're going to go rapid fire, um, on the remainder of the college football slate starting, uh, at noon on ABC on Saturday, it is number 10, Minnesota, 13.5-point favorite at Northwestern, over-under 40. Um, I got Minnesota plus and the over. I'll take Minnesota and the under. All right, then we got Western Carolina at number 5, Alabama. That is noon on ESPN. 60-and-a-half uh, is the number. Uh, I didn't see an actual line on this, Dave, and I wanted to ask you about this one. Um, because I, I looked in multiple places today and is this just because of, uh, of the injury and the un, the unsure nature of, of, of the game, like, or am I, or am I just an idiot and couldn't find it somewhere? 
Well, if you're going to leave that door open, I'm going to walk through it. <laughs> um, but no, I, generally with an FBS school, uh, the lines don't pop till Friday or Saturday. So I would expect that you'll see it then. Okay. Um, but generally, generally in this situation, uh, this is the game of the year for the FBS school. So you're going to get max effort for 60 minutes where Saban's going to play uh, max for all of probably 20 to 25 minutes. So um, granted that the, the second string in Alabama is still better than the, the first string on the other side, but uh, you're going to get a max effort there. So um, generally you want to play the, the dog in the under here, but uh, who knows? And I, I don't, I think Alabama is going to be super vanilla, run the ball and get the hell out of here to the iron bowl in the following week. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, for, for me, you know, I, I'm going to take the under on the points and, and not sure what this spread will be, but, but I, I, I think like you said, playing the, playing Western Carolina here may, may be a smart look depending on the line. But again, we, we, we do this live on Tuesdays, so it, it is always smart to uh, check back on the numbers later in the week. All right, let's move to 2.30 uh, on NBC. It is Boston College at number 16, Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame 19.5 favorite, 64 uh, is the number on this one. Up until last week, Dave, I would have looked at this score and said, um, take Boston College with the uh, with the points. But I like Notre Dame plus and the over. That offense woke up last week. I don't know if I go that far. There, there were another box score fraud last week. They were substantially outgained by Navy and benefited from some turnovers. But uh, whatever lets you sleep at night, Big Jim. So um, I, I do have a, a play on the the Notre Dame uh, season win total under nine. So um, they could really help me out here and uh, lose one of the last two for me. I'd take the push at this point, but uh, just throwing it out there that I'm I'm gonna go well. I have three winners in the bank with the Arkansas under, um, the Nebraska under, and I don't even remember who the other one was, but, uh, oh, Texas under. So those are all in the bank, and I'm sitting on a, a, a three times uh, normal normal bet on uh, Utah, nine and a half over. So they just got to win one in the last two. And then there's Notre Dame. <laughs> so I'm taking Boston College straight up because Dave's greedy, and uh, we're going to go with the under. All right, Texas at number 14, Baylor, five and a half point favorite for Baylor. 60 is the number. This one, 330 on FS1. Uh, I like a bounce-back spot here for Baylor. Baylor plus and the over. Texas straight up and the over. Uh, Texas is winning this game. Baylor, there's no way Baylor can get up uh, for this game. Texas uh, straight up, uh, maybe by double digits. Wow, okay. Texas A&M and number four, Georgia, 13.5 point favorite. Uh, 45.5 is the number here, 330 on CBS. Um, I like Georgia to win. I'm going to take Texas A&M to cover, uh, and I'm going to go under. One of these last two games that we just mentioned really messed up some college football stuff. I mean, if Baylor loses, that really weakens the Big 12. And if Georgia gets beat here, what does that do for things? Chaos. So, I like chaos. A&M straight up and the, and the over. All right, number 13, Michigan, 8.5 point favorite on the road at Indiana, 53.5 is the number on this game. That is at 3.30 on ESPN. Uh, I like Michigan Plus and the over. Uh, they're going to keep rolling in, uh, until next week. Yeah, I can't, can't disagree with that. Um, it's been a different team since the second half of the, uh, the Penn State game. So um, they're, they're rolling right now, and I think that they're, they're actually going to be uh, Ohio State's toughest test. So we'll see what comes down to, but uh, I agree that they keep rolling. And let me let me preface that just to save my own ass in my house. Um, I did not mean to imply that Michigan will not continue to roll next week. They will continue rolling through up to next week uh, when we will reassess the situation. I just wanted to make that clear. Um, you, you can uh, you can wipe the brown off your nose. All right, let's go to Purdue at number twelve. Wisconsin is twenty four and a half point favorite at home. Uh, 48's the number on this game, 4 o'clock on Fox. Um, I think Wisconsin's going to win and win big. I like them plus and the over. I'm going to take the under, um, but I'm going to take Wisconsin as well. Uh, but I'm going to take the under. All right. Then we got uh, Arkansas at number one, LSU, who's a 44-point home favorite. 71 is the number on this game, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Um I'm going to take Arkansas to cover the number, not by a lot. Uh, LSU going to win this game really easy. I'm going to take a slight under as well on this one. 
I'm taking LSU. There's no way I'm getting in front of this Arkansas train wreck. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we 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 catch an Arkansas under five ticket uh, two weeks ago, I believe. So uh, Pig Suey is in full effect. There you go. Very nice. Three more games here, Dave. Number six, Oregon, fourteen and a half point road favorite at Arizona State. Fifty four and a half is the number on this one. It's seven thirty on ABC. Um, man, Arizona State looked really good earlier in the year, but they the wheels have kind of fallen off hard there. Uh, so I like Oregon Plus and the, a slight over. I think uh, the under is the play in this game, and uh, I'm going to take Arizona State catching the points. All righty. Then you got TCU at number nine, Oklahoma, 18.5 point home favorite. 65 is the number on this one, 8 o'clock on Fox. Um, I like Oklahoma. They know they have to make a statement. So I'm going to take them plus and the over. I agree with both accounts on that. Uh, these teams that have to do really well with the the uh, statements for the college football playoff and everything, uh, you're hard-pressed to get in front of them. There's a lot of games there that are going to be a no play. Um, or or uh, you're playing on the team that has to make the statement. Uh, Utah's a prime example of that. Yeah, let's go to that one. Uh, number seven, Utah, 22.5-point road favorite at Arizona, the f- number 58.5, 10 o'clock FS1. Um, I, I like, again, similar reason to, to Oklahoma. Utah knows they're, they're well on the outs um, at this point. They, they got to make statements. I like them plus. I like the over. Utah's got to go hard in the paint and get it done. I like Utah in the under. Uh, Utah, Utah. Utah. All right, let's uh Dave, let's move to the NFL. Uh lots of discussion uh I know from uh you and I on Twitter uh in the last couple days on this one about just who is the NFL's best team right now. Now we talk every week and 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 I don't think there's any um mystery or 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 confusion on the matter on this one that when you look at the majority of the NFL, there there's a couple of bad teams. There's a couple of quote-unquote elite teams, even though I don't like to throw that number or that word around. And, and then you have a, a huge, huge grouping of teams in, in, that, in, that, middle, uh, in that middle frame. Um, but in terms of who is the NFL's best team right now, you know, people like to put the word power rankings, whatever. It's just a discussion point. Um, and, and I said, and I, I really kind of think this unequivocally right now sitting here, um, going into week 11, that um, I, I don't see a better team week in, week out since, you know, over the last month than the Baltimore Ravens. Since that, that loss to the Ravens, uh, excuse me, the loss to the Browns, they have been the best and most dominant team consistently. I mean, you, you've had you've had a couple of outliers week to week, but consistently, and, and the teams they've been able to do it against, um, I have a, I have a hard time making a case for anyone else being better than Baltimore right now. I mean, you can't disagree with that based on how they've played. Um, my concern is that they don't have a quarterback. And if you somehow get up on them by 10 points, do they have the ability to come back? And if you're a team that can stop the run, um, what do they do? Lamar did not look good this past weekend when he had to throw the ball. Everything was overthrown three to five yards. Um, granted, that is a huge if, but I think like we've we've talked all year that this NFL this season is is theoretically driven on matchups. And if you can stop the run, um, I would really like to see what happens with this this Ravens team. Um, now, again, with that being said, there's not a whole lot of other teams that have been real consistent, but um, Kansas City is getting healthy, um, which they've been really torn with injuries. The Patriots are just super old and the benefactors of a horrendous schedule. They have not the best team that they've beaten this year, the Eagles. And well, we know how the Eagles are. So, <laughs> um, but they haven't, they don't have a single, I mean, the Eagles is the best win on, the, on their, uh, their, their resume. And I mean, they're probably the third or the fourth best team in the AFC. Uh, but there's, there's just another one of these that just, it, it, it's all matchup depending. I mean, you get a team that can run the ball against the Chiefs, and I don't know if they can stop it. But you get a team that uh, that uh, can't run the ball, and New England beats you because they probably have the best corners in the NFL. So it's kind of like that weird. It's all matchup driven. Yeah, and I mean, I, I just I just look at it over over the last month. You know, you, you you've 
doubled up the Seahawks. You you've beaten the the Patriots by seventeen, and you absolutely route the Texans. Now I I don't know how good the Texans are because they're they are a benefactor of, of playing in one of uh one of the weaker divisions uh in in the NFL in my opinion, um or 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 at least. The most average, maybe I, I guess you can't really say weakest, but but mo, you know, consistently average, I think would be a great way to describe the uh, the AFC South. But you know, in in terms of some of those other teams, um, you know, the 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 Patriots, yeah, great de- or, or on on paper, really good defense. Um, that that offense has not been clicking whatsoever. The Chiefs, it it, it comes down to uh, health, and I mean Tyreek Hill. Uh, left last night, you know, with a uh, with I believe it was like a hamstring injury, something like that. Um, so his status has to be watched. They're on a bye this week, um, which couldn't have come at a better time for them. Uh, San Francisco has looked skeptical um, at at times. I mean, you, you had a loss, you had a close call with a Cardinals team that you know that has come really damn close a lot of times. You know, this Cardinals team in a couple of years could be could be really damn good. The Packers, the Vikings, who really knows what they are? The Saints have been probably for me. The Saints are probably you know two and two a with the with the Forty ers right now. Um, but but you also look at the fact that you know they they lost to the Falcons and and you know the Falcons have had strung two good weeks together, which is still baffling. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not a team in the NFC East, that's for sure. Um, but you know, it, it, I think I think you are right, at least for the majority of teams that that it that it does come down uh, to matchups, and and we've seen that um, you know in the NFL where where a team will look really good for a week or two and then come out and look completely flat and look completely lost. So it's it's this season has has been very very confusing, and and and. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to make uh you know make make sense of it a lot of times, and um you know, we have a couple of comments here from Tyler. You know, he's uh, obviously banging the drum for Baltimore, and I, I'm right I'm right with you there, Tyler. Um, and and he definitely says the weakest division is uh is the AFC East, which I don't think anybody uh would argue uh would argue that one. That is by far the uh the the weakest division in the NFL, closely followed um uh, by the NFC East. And um, you know the, the the that has been a division that has uh, been sorely disappointing. Only one team above five hundred in uh, in the NFC East. Um, Dave, this is another story that that popped up, and I saw over the weekend. Um, and uh, we we got some got some fun reactions from people. Um, and it's uh, Dick Vermeil, of course, legendary uh, NFL head coach, um, talking about how uh, cold weather cities should have to have dome stadiums uh, for player safety. And uh, that word gets brandished about a lot, not only in the NFL, but uh, in other leagues as well. And, um, you know, I, 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 I looked at this article, and I really kind of tried to look at it objectively, but I just couldn't find an argument to to, to, to totally back him up. Now, if he would have kind of come at it and say, well, it's just not fun for fans to sit in the cold, um, maybe I'd be a little bit more on his side. But but if you look over um, the, the, you know, the history of the NFL and 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 the some of the historic games, and I mean, I remember even a couple of years ago, there was like a freak blizzard that hit Philadelphia, and uh, it was the Eagles and Lions, and it just – it was it was a game that stands out, and I, I can't remember there being. Um, Don't bring that damn game up. I beat total by seven and a half points and lost. <laughs> um, noted. Uh, I will make sure I bring that up when whenever we talk about snowy games. Um, but like, if 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 you think about it, I, I can't remember a, a time where there was a a snow game where there was any more injuries than there are. In regular weather, outdoor games, domed games, like it, it, like it just to me because I think there might even be be less, and this is just a, a feeling I have. I don't have any factual uh, data to back this up, but when the when when it gets into those weather games, be it rain, be it snow, um, 
I think the game slows down, and in 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 a way that probably makes the game a little bit safer. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean, but the moral of the story is that this article is ridiculous. Period. <laughs> that it, it, we've already talked about it for far too long here. But I, I mean, I think the the perfect comment is that these these dehydration and the cramping and the heat, we we shouldn't we we, we got to treat these prima donnas the way that they need to be treated, and all NFL games have to be played between. 67 and a half degrees and 72 and a half degrees with no exceptions of the home team getting penalized. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the uh, the most logical way to uh, to go about it. All right, Dave, let's jump in. And don't don't even get me started if the sun's in Brady's eyes. <laughs> let's uh, let's jump into the uh, the NFL slate. Five games this weekend uh, that we're going to look at here. The the bye weeks, and I I, I spoke incorrectly last week and. Well, every week. Uh, but I spoke incorrectly last week when I said it was the last week of the buys. This week is the last week for bye weeks. Cardinals, Chargers, Chiefs, and Vikings uh, are off this week. Let's start Thursday night. It is a battle in the in the uh, dramatically average AFC South. That is the Colts at six and four, traveling to Houston, who is six and four and a three and a half point home favorite. Forty five and a half is the over under number. Uh, eight twenty on Fox and the NFL Network. Um, Dave, what's that thing you say about you're not as good as your last showing or not as bad as your your last showing? Um, I sure hope that that is the case for the Houston Texans because they got absolutely demolished um a- against the Ravens this past week and. You know, t- to me, I think they have to have a bounce back week. You know, this is a battle for first place in the division. Um, and being that it's in Houston, I think, you know, that there's there's going to be I think there's going to be more pressure on them uh, to, to get this win. And I, I like Deshaun Watson and, and DeAndre Hopkins and company uh, to get a bounce back here. I like them plus the points, um, but I'm going to take the under here. Yeah, I don't have a real strong opinion on this until I get some better uh, information on how Watson is and his health, because that's pretty critical to this game here. Um, obviously, there's a ton of talent on uh, the Houston offensive side of the ball, but Houston hasn't really been the same since uh, their two DNs, uh, one with the trade and uh, Watt getting hurt again. So I uh, kind, of, kind of have no opinion on this at the moment until we get some better uh, news on how J.J. Watt is. Um, are we talking about the, the Tennessee-Jacksonville uh, game by chance? Uh, I don't have it on the schedule, but if, if you have uh, any, a, a play or anything on that one, you can touch on that. You can go ahead here. So since we were in that division, I just have to bring up this this tweet that I saw today because um, obviously if it's on Twitter, it's true. Naturally. But uh, if the Tennessee Titans are coming off of a win and their opponents allowed 370-plus yards in the prior game, okay, last week, Tennessee beat uh, Kansas City. They had the bye last week. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jacksonville had uh, allowed 389 yards, I think it was. Uh, the last 23 yeah. times, the last 23 times that this has happened, Tennessee has not covered the spread. Jesus. <laughs> now, number one, who comes up with these things? Exactly. But number two, that is a ridiculously strong trend. Definitely a strong trend, um, you know, a, 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 a very strong pattern. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's definitely somebody that, that at least I hope is, uh, is getting paid to, to, to look up those sort of numbers and to research those sort of numbers. Cause if somebody's doing that on their free time, um, they're probably not married. Uh, that's just my guess. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a wild, uh, that's a wild number and a wild piece of history sitting right there. So um, kudos for spotting that. And like we said, always on Twitter, it's always true. Uh, let's move to Sunday, Dave. Four games on Sunday that we're going to look at here. The 5-5 five and five Panthers trying to uh, trying to right the ship here a bit and, and, and try and get back in this uh, NFC South race. They are 5-5 five and five at the 8-2 and two New Orleans Saints, who are a nine and a half point home favorite, forty-seven 
uh, is the spread on this one. One o'clock on CBS. You know, I, I, I would I would love to take the Panthers to cover Dave, but they have looked absolutely lost over the past couple of weeks. And um, there's a guy I work with who's a who's a Panthers fan, and we were talking about it today, and, and he's like. Well, you know, I'm glad they didn't just trade Cam at the deadline. I'm like, well, I, I still think I, – I don't think Cam's the answer uh, in the long run because the key to Cam Newton is being healthy, and I don't think I don't know that he's ever going to be healthy. So, um, you know, you, you, the, the argument can be made of whether or not Allen's the right choice, but the, the, the bottom line is Cam's not the answer. You're, you've still made the right choices. Um I have a hard time believing, though, that the Car- this Carolina team right now is going to go into New Orleans. So I'm going to I'm going to take the Saints. I'm going to take the Panthers to cover slightly, um, and I, I'm going to take a uh, slight over here. Um, yeah, you're you're 100 correct on uh, Cam that he's not the answer. Uh, I you know the some of the advanced metrics had. Uh, uh, our, our our boy Josh Allen throwing not Josh Allen uh, Kyle Allen whatever the hell his name is <laughs> Kyle throwing Allen. the most interceptable passes uh, for the last five games and yet he had one of the lowest interception rates so it was only um, a matter of time till that regression caught up to him there which it clearly happened last week uh, I, I like the Falcons in that spot the Falcons have seemed to turn a corner when Dan Quinn gave up the the uh, play calling of the, the defense. So that was a nice uh, change for them in the past two weeks. This could be a new look Falcons team here, but uh, the, the, the Panthers are um, Christian McCafferty and Luke Keekley. Uh That's about the extent of it. Uh, their corners have been okay this year, but they can't stop the run to, to save anything. So I, I fully expect uh, Kamara to have a huge day, uh, even Latavius Murray. But uh, there's probably no way the Panthers win this game. So with that being said, they they probably find a way to win this straight up because it makes <laughs> absolutely no sense. That that um, would. But I, I think the uh, the under is the play in this. All right, let's go to the now one o'clock game because uh because the NFL flexed this one. Originally, this was the night game, uh, but the Packers 49ers moved into that. We'll touch on that in a minute. Seahawks eight and two at the five and five Eagles, who are a one and a half point home favorite. 49 is the number here. One o'clock on Fox. Um, and, and you know, we've talked about Seattle uh, being kind of a, a, a false 8-2 and two team. And Uncle Mitch, if you're listening at all, um, you know, you and I have – he and I have discussed this uh, on Twitter uh, ad nauseum. Um, the Eagles had one-and-a-half point favorite at home – at five and five, should tell you all you need to know about this Seattle team. Um, that said, Carson Wentz not very good right now. Um, the Eagles receivers even worse. Um, the Eagles defense can only do so much. So I'm going to take Seattle uh, to obviously win outright, upset the Eagles. I guess um, I'm going to take the under though. Um, the Eagles offense they're going to be lucky to score. 17 points this week in my opinion uh so i like seattle and the under i'm taking the eagles just because this line makes no sense um you you play this back the other way in seattle's about four and a half point favorites in seattle um eight and two team at home versus a uh a five and five team and you tell me you're not running to the window because it's not a six point favorite so this line makes no sense uh you feel like somehow uh Seattle or Philadelphia finds a way to get a win. Maybe it's the the West Coast team coming east. I don't I don't know the answer on that. But uh, um, the the New England Philadelphia game uh, something to touch on there is the the offensive lineman got hurt and the game was never really a stain. But Philadelphia had success moving the ball somewhat um, before that injury. So that's uh, a key piece there to make sure that they're back. I cannot think of the guy's name, but. Uh, if he's back, Philadelphia has a chance in this game, and it's it's pretty a a pretty critical game uh, when you look at the the NFC East. So um, Philadelphia straight up uh, under as well. All right, let's move to four twenty five on Fox. It is the best quarterback in the NFC East, Dak Prescott, leading the six and four Cowboys uh, into New England nine and one six and a half point home favorite. Uh, Forty six is the number here. Um, 
here's the thing that the Patriots obviously very beatable right now. Um, they have they have underachieved dramatically this year, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they they find they have found ways to win, obviously all but one time. Um, obviously, besides Baltimore, this is probably their 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 best challenge. Uh, up to date, but the I think one of the keys to beating New England is getting a hot start, which if you watch the Cowboys over the past years, um, th- th- that's not something that they're very good at more times than not. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in Dallas to go up there uh, and get the hot start they need to, to get the win, um, but I'm not picking against my Cowboys, so I'm going to take Cowboys uh, with the upset, and I'm going to take uh, the slightest of overs. Yeah, I think uh, I do like the Cowboys catching the points this week. I'm, I'm really holding out, hoping that I can catch a seven somewhere, because I think seven is a, a really strong play. Um, more so on the fact that you, you and I both know. Um, so looking at this Philadelphia-New England game, what's the one thing that we know in that game? We know that the Eagles secondary is pretty damn bad, mm-hmm. and Brady could not exploit it, period. Right. That tells me that there's something wrong with, um, this New England offense and all, and, and something's going on there. Whether it's Brady's finally at, at 62, the age is catching up to him, and he's gotten <laughs> a uh, a Peyton Manning noodle arm showing up. Or, um, by the way, it looks like it's happening to Drew Brees too. But uh, side note there. Um, but bit, the the, the one bit. thing that we know is that the uh, the something's going on with this New England passing game that Brady just doesn't look the same. Um, so I and. New England has issues stopping the run, so Zeke should have a pretty decent day. Um, and I think the Cowboys are going to be able to contain the New England run. But what can, what are the, the the key to this game is can can Dallas slow down the New England screen game? And I mean, I, I like Dallas a lot at plus seven if it gets there. Uh, they I, they could I, pull up off this upset, but um, plus seven is going to be a, a sizable investment should it get there. I, I think I think the key to stopping that that screen game is going to be whether or not um, Vanderesh is playing and, and is healthy. I, I, I haven't seen any updates on him this week. Um, still kind of dealing with the head and neck issues from a few weeks back um, because I, I just don't think Sean Lee can can carry that load uh, for the entire game. You know, he's he's still very good when he's on the field, but you know, he's he's not a spring chicken anymore either. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a fun one to watch. I think it's probably the uh, the national game of the week, so um, it should be on just about every household uh, in the uh, in the country on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and then let's move to Sunday night. Of course, the game that got flexed into Sunday night, and it's because it is one of the biggest games, and it's an old rivalry and two really good teams record wise. It is the eight and two Packers uh, on the road at the nine and one Forty Niners, who are a three point home favorite. Uh, 46 is the number on this one, 820 on NBC. Um, Packers have had a week off to think about this one. The 49ers came off a, uh, near disaster upset, um, in the, to, to the hands of the Cardinals who, um, you know, the 49ers lost two weeks ago. Um, I, I like the Packers a lot in this, uh, I like the Packers a lot in this spot just because, because of the bye week and just because the 49ers I think may be doubting themselves uh, a little bit and you know Aaron Rodgers we've seen him in, in this offense developing under the new head coach um, and and you got to have a little bit of edge I know it's the first time under the new system seeing what the Packers can do on a bye um, but you know I Aaron Rodgers in that offense I think can can overwhelm and and uh, shift around what is the 49ers strength and that's their defense and the Packers defense hasn't been you know has been no slouch this year either and and Garoppolo is not very good especially under pressure so I like the Packers here obviously I'm going to take them to cover since it's only three points and I'm going to go a slight under I think it's going to be relatively low scoring just because I think the offense will stay on the field for quite a bit. So I'm uh, I'm gonna go the opposite of you on uh, both here, uh, like normal. Uh, San Francisco has been a pretty solid over team, which is very surprising to what you hear. 
but I think they've been over like seven out of their last nine games. So I think that trend's going to continue here. Um, Green Bay's weakness on, on defense is stopping the run, and it's what San Francisco likes to do with the ball. So I think that this is a fairly decent matchup uh, for San Francisco. Um, plus, teams coming off a bye this year have been really slow out of the gate in the first half. So if, if San Francisco gets up um, 10, 14 points at half, is this something that Green Bay can come back from? Uh, I don't, I don't know, but, uh, I, I take my chances and I think that that's going to happen. So, uh, I'm on San Francisco. I don't think this game has anything to do with Jimmy G. I think it's more of the advantage that they have running the ball versus, uh, Green Bay. All right, Dave, that's going to, uh, that's everything I got here. Um, if there's anything else you want to add, feel free. Otherwise let people know where they can follow you on Twitter. And we're going to close this thing up a little early. Yeah, another good week here, Jim, and uh, we're we're on Twitter at uh, Huddle Up Dave, I believe it is, and uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, go Buckeyes. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next week, Dave. We want to thank uh, Chase and Tyler and everyone else who uh, was putting some comments there in the, uh, in the page. We appreciate that uh, very much. Make sure you uh, tell people to uh, follow along the fun each and every week on Huddle Up Podcast. Facebook and Twitter. Also, you can follow me at Big Jim Sports. Make sure you check out our home network, NGSC Sports, and the sponsor of this show, Alicia's Pillows and Things. If you're decorating your home, you want to decorate it with your favorite movie characters, TV characters, sports teams, and much more. They got stools, they got neck pillows, they got full size pillows, body pillows, everything you want. Head over to NGSCSports.com, find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the home page, and place your order. Uh, also, make sure you subscribe to us uh, for our podcast feeds, both on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, Android, everything else. Uh, you can find it, Huddle Up with Jim and Dave or Huddle Up Podcast, uh, or the uh, I think the links uh, are on uh, both our Facebook and Twitter pages, so make sure you check them out. Until next week, appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and uh, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win. <laughs>